It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Penn State Hoop Show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. That is Nate Bauer, senior editor for Blue White Illustrated, and of course, basketball insider extraordinaire. Um, Nate, Kanye Clary, no longer with the team. I'm just going to start with the clip from Mike Rose. Yeah, Kanye's uh, uh, no longer with the team. Coach's decision. And uh, for uh, and, and then uh, we're going to just keep moving forward with, with and focus on the guys we got, the task at hand. So, Nate, Uh-oh. what do you think of this update? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that it demands clarification, right? That's that's kind of the first thing is just understanding uh, whose decision this was. Uh, and Mike said it, right? Coach's decision. So Penn State um, collectively, right? I mean, I, I think that certainly you understand that when a decision is of this magnitude to no longer have a player in the program, uh, it, it takes other input, right? Certainly, ultimately, it lands on on Mike Rhodes to, to make the call. But, uh, you know, I think that later in the press conference on Monday, he acknowledged that it was collectively, right? They, they just decided that uh, the situation was untenable and pulled the plug. So, mm-hmm. um so yeah, so Kanye Clary no longer part of the program, and you know eyebrows raised, right? From me, from uh, certainly from fans. I mean, the reaction to it on Monday afternoon. I, I don't think that I think that everybody knew or could tell there were body language issues. There were things were happening that uh, were not positive for mm-hmm. Penn State basketball for Kanye Clary, but. Right, that that uh, certainly him, him not going to, uh, not even making the trip to Nebraska being the most glaring, but that it escalated to this point where he, he's no longer part of the program with, um, y- you know, at minimum six games, five regular season games, one game in the Big Ten tournament at least, um, you know, ki- kind of a, a admittedly stunning turn of events. Yeah. But not so this is kind of um, one of the situations where you'd say it's it's stunning. It happened, but you're not surprised that this was an eventuality going all the way back to we've talked about how just kind of from a basketball sense and perspective is a hard fit with Ace Baldwin, Kanye Clary. And like there was going to be friction of two guys who play similarly that need the ball. Um, and I'm I'm just from a basketball perspective, I'm not trying to get into any of the things, you know, or any of the things going on behind the scenes or any of that stuff. Just it was always it felt like we talked about here. They had to work that out. And when he was out, they played pretty well. They won a couple of games and just seems like there has been this storyline for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, I think I look, I think that you can look at the season for Penn State in phases right and and so there's a reality to this and and look i i'm seeing certainly what i know right and what i've the feedback that i've gotten on the situation and then i see how fans respond to it and i i think 
part of my role and responsibility is to not let falsehoods get too much traction, right? And so this notion that, okay, Penn State was a better team without Kanye Clary, I don't think is fair to Kanye Clary. I don't think it's fair to Penn State, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, Penn State played well in the first I won't call it half of the season, but first five, six weeks of the season with Kanye Clary really carrying the load mm -hmm. uh, and Ace Baldwin not being the player that he is today, right? Ace Baldwin in the, the end of January, the beginning of February has transformed. He's he's taken huge strides, uh, but a, a lot of Penn State success on the first half of the season or the first bit of the season could be attributed to Kanye Clary really carrying the load while Ace Baldwin mm -hmm. was was more or less figuring things out. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you understood, everyone understood with this basketball program, having to acquire 10 players over what, you know, 59 days is, uh, you know, how they frame it as a coaching staff, that there, there was going to be stuff, right? Uh, Kanye was a better player than anyone anticipated bottom line right so mm -hmm. immediately you're presented with as a coaching staff this very difficult structural x's and o's thing to figure out how do you put two players on the floor that do the exact same thing or that do many yeah. of the same things and so yeah it, it it was something that i think i think in retrospect for for me covering the program mike rhodes is a is an optimistic guy and he he brings that optimism. Uh, he carries it through his press conferences, the way that he talks about things. It was like, oh, yeah, like they're two of our best players in the program. Of course, they'll be on the floor at the same time. Of course, uh, of course, it's fine. And everyone is meshing well together and everyone's being an adult, uh, right, about the the atmosphere and the culture and all of those things. But under the surface, it's... Uh, it's a little more complicated than that. And I think that as the season progressed, you, you saw that come to fruition a little bit. So you mentioned the X's and O's and the, some of the things they've gone through. Now the X's and O's have to change again. Yeah. Um, the, the response to doing this, which one do you think is more important or which way do you want to go with this from that side or from the team side, which is, you know, this is a big shock having a guy, especially a guy who's talented and one of, as you mentioned, one of your best players, one of the guys we highlight in the intro of the show, he's no longer with the team. So yeah. what is the most immediate and important response? The basketball culture, which, you know, kind of locker room. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. I, th I mean, certainly you got to figure out how you're going to proceed, right? How, how are you going to finish out this season? Right? Like I said, they have, they have six more games at least that they need to play. And what had been at one point during a three-game winning streak there, a a feel-good situation, right? There were six and six in the Big Ten. That that was uh, the top half of the standings. Like, that's a vibe. That's a <laughs> that's a great thing, um, you know, for Penn State basketball to to feel good about. In like I said, in this very transitory season for the program, where expectations were low. It was, I mean, I think that we had this conversation on the show a few weeks ago of 
if you would have said win six games in the Big Ten, that'd be pretty good yeah. for, for the first season. Yeah. To do it in the first 12 games was even better. And it and it led to this this uh this optimism for how things might go, maybe even maybe even stun some people and get into the NIT. You, you never know. Yeah. Uh, but very quickly, right? Over three games between uh let's see here, Northwestern, um, right at Northwestern, you you had um you know this game against Michigan State, certainly like things have plummeted things have things have fallen the you go back out to, to nebraska and now it's like oh man where where does this program go from here and i think where it goes from here is hey uh you need players who hadn't taken on a huge role before kanye clary's absence before the concussion kept him out for a couple of games you need those guys to to do what they were doing right demarco dunn needs to be the guy that he was during Kanye Clary's absence. He needs to, mm -hmm. he needs to fall back into that role, step up. Uh, you need Jameel Brown coming off the bench to, to make three pointers, right? Shooting has been a huge part of it. It's so straightforward. It's so black and white, but they got to make shots. They got to yeah. make shots. And Jameel Brown is a huge part of that. You, you need those pieces, uh, you know, to, to really get back into a groove. If you're going to be competitive, uh, the rest of the way here with Kanye Clary out. Uh, so the question there, there were questions the other day about the why behind all of this. And Mike Rhodes, we're just going to give you that part uh, featuring Nate Bauer as a, <laughs> as what, uh, what were the reasons what's behind this decision? I'm assuming you don't, but I have to ask the question. Do you care to elaborate on why the coach's decision for Kanye to no longer? No, no, we're just, we're going to we'll move on and focus on, on task at hand with, with, with our team now. And then what are, what are the ramifications in terms of on the hardwood? What, you know, how do, how do you move forward as, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, next man, next man up. Um, let's, let's continue to, uh, to build this the right way Work you know, work really hard, put it, put it, keep putting it together. And we've had a lot of, uh, good moments, just not consistent moments, uh, throughout this first year and, and that's that's what we want to get back to get back to the level of consistency that or, or fight for consistency I should say Nate uh, to, to continue to build it the right way Mike uh, you know following along what Nate said some of the things we have to ask and respectfully uh, it, was this at all injury related or was this discipline related medically related is there anything that you can tell us along no it just uh, um, came to a point where we're at where you know I, as the head coach, I made a decision to to move on, and that, that's where I'll leave it. So, where do you want to go from here? What what's left uh, for this particular conversation? Um, you yeah, know, as think, far as what happens. Yeah, I think I think that, um, and I may have said this in the last show, but Mike Rhodes says a lot in the subtext of what he says right so he's saying one thing and nobody's and, better at picking up on these things than nate bauer by the way well no it's you know i have some practice right it is, it is all right what what's he saying building it the right way right the the culture getting back to consistency or fighting for consistency those, those words right there's there's keywords there and so uh very clearly Kanye Clary did not fit into 
those notions to the extent that Penn State needed uh, as things spiraled, right? As things as things fell apart, right? In terms of relationship, these things. Right. I I want to I want to chime in a little with perspective that I'm not sure that everyone has, which is and and I think that you know this, T. Frank, even from the football side of things. Uh, college athletics, right at this level, are just unbelievably messy. They, they <laughs> are a they are a living breathing active relationship and they are the highest stakes for Mm -hmm. everyone coaches winning right programs winning players you're at this in-between stage where you are pecking at the highest level that there is right it is the nba and then it is it is major D1 basketball. We can argue, we can have right semantics about whether or not Euro leagues, whatever. That's not really my point. My point is yeah. you're on the th- you're on the threshold, right? If you make it to this level, if you're a starter in the Big Ten uh on a winning team, you you are right there. You are part of that conversation to having opportunities to make money as a career professionally. And right. even right now, even right now, you you are given the opportunity with NIL. Uh, to to turn this into, in many cases, life changing money, yeah. And so you've got all of these high stakes, and like, let me tell you, that I don't think this is new. I think this has always been the case, but it is more to the forefront now, and maybe more complicated than it's ever been. That creates a mess. It creates a mess <laughs> in practice. It creates yeah. a mess in the locker room. It creates like th- this whole like. There is a different conversation to be had about youth sports at lower levels where you're just playing for the love of the game. And yeah, right. It's, oh, and it's you're all not very though, quaint. You're not. If you're one of these players, and this is where I want to chime in with this conversation, is you get into an echo chamber of success because what you have done has gotten you to the threshold, as you mentioned. 100%. And you have, and people talk about uh, guys coming back uh, instead of going on to the next level. And like, he should have stayed for another year. If you have been blindly confident and believing in yourself for 18 to 19 to 20 years, and it's worked, you get into these lack of perspective bubbles that you think that your destiny is completely in your own hands. And maybe it is. Maybe you're the 1% of the 1%. But here's the other thing, Nate. As as I am now turning towards 34, middle of my 30s, I've realized kind of like I still have the afterglow of my 20s, how little perspective 18 (laughs) to 26-year-old men have and how much uh, strong will there is among people like I just described have even an amplified amount of that rather than uh, more so than the regular man who doesn't have perspective of time experience and all of these things and yet have reached this level of fame and success. So it is absolutely a pressure cooker of ego and uh, all of those things in, in, in high level sports and, and the idea of sacrificing those things to the altar of team is getting harder, as you've pointed out, with NIL and the opportunities. How, how, two questions. How can you possibly make it at this level 
as a six foot guard, right? Yeah. Without, without having obscene confidence in yourself. Yeah. You You can't, that's the, that's the, that's the balancing act. That's what, that's what everybody is trying to figure out is how do you, a coach's job, a big part of it is to get you to feel your absolute best to unlock the highest levels of your potential. Yep. So at every step along the way, you are not coddled, but it's this, it's, it's a, it's a hard. It's about, it's about you. Right. Yeah. Get, get yeah your level is. of potential, your best ability. It's about you, the athlete. And, and so on the, but on the back side of it is it, right. You always talk about the recruiting process, right. And how, uh, you're, you're built up, you're built up, you're built up. And then you have this smack in the face moment where, okay, now you're part of a program going mm-hmm. from the high school senior top dog into uh, a freshman. Right. And so that's football, that's basketball, what have you. And you're, you're nothing at this point. Right. And so you've, you've got to, you've got to have this push and pull of how do you, how do you maximize a player's potential while also saying, look, you got to fall within, you got to fall within the guidelines of this culture that they want to build. That, that is part of it is humility. Part of it is all of these, these different things in terms of a bedrock and a foundation from which to build a program. Uh, that, that's complicated. That's, that's hard. That's, that's hard to figure out. That's something, uh, that, you know, it eventually, you said pressure cooker, it gets, it gets heated and heated and heated, and you might feel like you're on the right side of things. And that that's for both parties involved. That's for the coaching mm-hmm. staff. And that's for Kanye Clary in this instance, what ends up happening though, overwhelmingly, and this is, this is again, I'm editorializing here, but the disappointing part of this for both Penn State's coaching staff and Kanye Clary, his family, what have you, is that they couldn't cool off enough to ride it out, right? You've got free transfer windows. You've got NIL opportunities. Kanye Clary came back to Penn State. He was one of three players who returned. and uh, And of those three players who returned from last year's team, he was probably the only one that had legitimate opportunities to go somewhere at this level. Right. Mm -hmm. So he stuck with Penn state, but because things escalated to the point that they did and then didn't cool off. Right. It it just, you you didn't have that opportunity uh, to, to push things forward, to get it across at least temporarily the finish line where Kanye Clary isn't marked with, Hey, what, what happened? Like, how did right. how did this happen? How do you, how does it get so bad that you force a divorce with five games left in the season? Right. And then on the flip side, like cannot ignore if you're Mike Rhodes and the staff, you don't you don't deal with it for five more games. Like you yeah, right. What is what is at risk in terms of your culture, in terms of infecting the minds of Right. Being talking about cancer in the locker room, whatever, however you want to frame it. Right. Uh, what is the risk to your program moving forward to, to be able to find a way to just, Hey, you're, you're not going to be part of this program next year. We know that a hundred percent, but we're going to see this thing through. We're going to get to March 10, March 11 with this season ends. 
and then that's going to be it. And you can go your separate ways. And in fact, we will help you find your next destination. Right. Uh, right? A gracious exit as opposed to a schism. Yeah, that's the the tough part about this, I would say. Yeah, and and Mike Rhodes talked about the decisions behind that uh, when you and others asked him about these these thought processes, these big things going on behind the scenes. I think every decision I make is based on the culture of our program. Um, and how we dress, how we, how, how, what we put up on the walls, uh, you know, everything, every, every decision. So they're not, there's, there's easier ones and there's really, really difficult ones. Uh, that's my job. Um, but every decision is, is, is based on, on moving the program forward. And, uh, and, and sometimes those decisions are delicate and hard, uh, but they also got to be made too. So what do you, what do you think? I guess of um, how they respond, which is going to be if you're watching this on Tuesday when we record it tomorrow, um, yeah. Wednesday night. <laughs> oh, how do you want to wrap all this up? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that I think certainly the idea of culture has been prioritized in, in Penn State basketball, for, right? In in terms of setting a tone, in terms of making it i mean look this is a this is a sacrifice in points this is a sacrifice in uh continuity that mike rhodes was able to make or did make in benefit of the greater good mm-hmm. right in ter- in terms of his judgment of what the situation is uh and so i i do think that i do think that it it magnifies to me it magnifies how important high school recruiting it like traditional recruiting is going to be for mike rhodes for penn state basketball uh this this whole year this experiment of right bringing in all of these players trying to trying to merge things um and inheriting in this case a couple of guys who committed to somebody else Right, yeah. who, who bought into a different system? It it magnifies how important, how critical it is for Mike Rhodes, for Penn State basketball, to have as close as possible of a model of traditional development. Right, right. recruit guys in high school, you bring them in. Yeah, some might play early, and some might play later. Some may take may take more time, but the idea is. You are getting them to commit to your idea, which he can point to. They have film of how they play. They have film, like, right? You're able to demonstrate and show this is what the model is. This is what we want Penn State basketball to be. And if you are invested in that, if you buy into that and believe that it can take you where you want to go, that you can have the experience that you want to have, everything's going to be, everything's going to be fine right there will be tough moments it's a tough system it's a tough way to play Mm -hmm. Uh, it takes a certain mindset and attitude to buy into that system in the first place but you can't he can't like this move signifies to me that there you just there's certain there's there are negotiables and there are non-negotiables and in this case there was uh, behavior, a mindset, what have you, that just didn't fit into that model. And unless you have that, 
unless you unless you have that culture, that chemistry, that atmosphere within the program, Penn State basketball isn't going to have success. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. it, it is it is a system through and through, and that's what uh, you know. That's what I think. This is this is kind of that first step. This is there are growing pains. Everybody knows that. Everybody expected that, but mm-hmm. there are going to be some growing pains. There's more to come, right? There, I'm not anticipating everybody who has eligibility remaining to still be on in this program next year. I, I don't, um, but they're going to have to work that out, right? These, these next few weeks and going into the off season are going to be a critical time for Mike Rhodes, the Penn State basketball program moving forward. So tomorrow, Wednesday, 6.30 p.m., Illinois, uh, where can Penn State fans follow along with the tumultuous end of the season for the Nittany Lions with Nate Bauer? Hey, maybe it's not a tumultuous. Like, that's the thing is maybe it's not tumultuous. Maybe this is, maybe this clears the air. I I, I get concerned with, I'm paranoid about pigeonholing things because sometimes that's just what it is, right? Sometimes it's not good. Uh, and and you need to clear things up, and and it can also be the wrong decision. We're I, I am anxious to see what this Penn State team looks like for the last five games of the season, starting with Wednesday night, six thirty. The game is on BTN. I will be at uh, in the Lions Den Forum and on site, obviously at Rec Hall. Um, you know, it like the shame of this in another sense is this is going to be awesome. Like, yeah, I don't, care what, I don't care what teams I don't care what teams are playing at Rec Hall games in these arenas, Palestra included, obviously mm-hmm. in Philly. Uh, but Rec Hall, I, I have not had a bad experience covering these games. They're packed. People are into it. The the fans are right on top of the floor. It's awesome. It is a great place to watch a game. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com is a place to go. Nate, thank you so much. That'll do it for today's Penn State Hoop Show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. We will talk to you uh, on the other side uh, with Penn State Basketball. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.